We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 603 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, June 30th, 2023. It is the final day of June already. June just started, <laughs> didn't it? And now June is ending. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, 21 days now until July 20th, the day on which we expect the sale of the commanders from Dan and Tanya Snyder. To the Josh Harris group to become official. Uh, just three more weeks of the era of the Danny. That's it. By the way, how we doing with the Mary Joe White report? Is that thing ever coming out? <laughs> I mean, are people just past the point of caring about that thing uh, when it does finally come out? Uh, but boy, you are hearing nothing about this Mary Joe White investigation. And uh, of course, that's probably exactly how the Danny and the NFL want it. Uh, hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I have not one, but two big guests for you. On this installment of the show, two legends, in fact, Redskins all-time great Joe Theismann and the man who was the television voice of the Wizards for 22 seasons, Steve Buckhans. Joe Theismann and Steve Buckhans. Next segment, Joe Theismann. Uh, we will go in-depth on the Commanders. You will hear Joe's reaction to the sale of the team. You will hear Joe's thoughts on whether the Josh Harris group should keep the name Commanders says, yes, we will have uh, a brief name conversation. Uh, you will hear Joe talk about what he makes of quarterback Sam Howell. Uh, you will hear Joe discuss how he sees head coach Rod Rivera managing the quarterback position this coming season, given that uh, it would seem <laughs> to be a season in which Ron is coaching for his job. Uh, the last true franchise quarterback for Washington uh, depends on how you define franchise quarterback. But to me, Joe Theismann is the last true franchise quarterback for Washington, and he is going to be on this show next segment, Talking Commanders. Uh, and then Steve Buckhans on the Wizards. You know, Buck grew up as a Bullets fan, uh, covered the team for years, then called the team's games on TV for two plus decades. He knows the franchise exceptionally well. He cares a lot about the franchise. And so what we're going to get from Buck 
is a big picture, very well-informed assessment of what the Wizards are doing in embarking on this rebuild and why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, Buck has really good relationships with the last two men in charge of Wizards basketball operations, Ernie Grunfeld and Tommy Shepard. So Buck understands what has truly been going on uh, with the team, like few people do. And I'm going to ask Buck about what's going on at NBC Sports Washington with it now being totally owned by the Wizards' parent company, Monumental Sports and Entertainment. And Buck is going to open up about the restrictions. Uh, Heck, the censorship that he dealt with while calling games for the Wizards. Trust me, if you are a Wizards fan, you don't want to miss this. Steve Buckhantz, as you've likely never heard him before, coming up later in the show. A big weekend coming up in the NBA and NHL. NBA free agency begins on Friday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That is the start of the free agency negotiation period. NHL free agency starts this Saturday at noon Eastern. Uh, Could be a busy weekend for the Wizards and Capitals. Uh, Could also be a nothing happening weekend for the Wizards and Capitals. Uh, The Wizards are rebuilding, but already have made the bulk of their big moves, although more moves could be coming. Uh, The Caps are retooling. Don't say rebuilding. The Caps are retooling. Uh, But could we see, say, center Evgeny Kuznetsov traded in the coming days? Uh, That certainly would seem to be a possibility. Do not count on winger Tom Wilson being traded. Uh, Caps Senior Vice President and General Manager Brian McClellan in a post-NHL draft press conference on Thursday afternoon said that the Caps have not had a single trade discussion about Tom Wilson, uh, despite a lot of noise that the Caps might trade Wilson, who has one season left on a six-year contract to which he was re-signed in July 2018. But uh, Brian McClellan has said, and in fact reiterated on Thursday afternoon, that uh, the goal is to re-sign Wilson to a multi-year deal. Uh, The Caps on Thursday made five selections on uh, what was the second and final day of the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, Also on Thursday, by the way, was the introductory press conference for Bradley Beal with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Boy, was that an odd sight. Bradley Beal as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Now, he seemed to suggest that the Wizards, with their new front office led by Monumental Basketball President Michael Winger, no longer wanted Beal on the team. Now, what I think Michael Winger wanted and wants uh, is to rebuild. And so rebuilding means trading a guy in Bradley Beal, entering his age 30 season and entering year two of a five-year, $251 million Supermax contract. But this was what Beal said, and I'm going to play both the question and the answer so that you get the full context of what was said. Here you go. Mentioned it's a little bittersweet being in D.C. for your whole career and how much it meant to you to be there. Mm-hmm. Just how difficult a decision was it to come here and what were kind of the factors that played into choosing Phoenix over anywhere else? Oh, it was, uh, it was a difficult decision, you know, honestly. But it, it all came down to um, Washington and their front office. You know, they, I respect them and what they do, and I'm not going to get into what they do and other teams and the process of all that because it was a tough one. I'm not going to sit here and say it was an easy one, and Phoenix knows better than anybody how tough of a decision that, you know, this whole process was. So out of respect for them and what they're trying to do in free agency, I'll let them, you know, ad- answer those questions when the time comes. I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited that this is a city and an organization that pretty much wanted wanted me. And so uh, more or less, it's kind of go where you want it. 
that's that's kind of the message I, I received in this whole process. And and again, I'm excited to be here and excited about the opportunity again. All right. So Bradley Beal emphasized that the Suns wanted him, uh, perhaps intimating that the Wizards did not want him, although uh, he may not have meant that at all. I mean, whatever. Okay, I'm really not that hung up on this. I did think that this was interesting. But bottom line, the Wizards need to rebuild. And rebuilding means trading a guy like Bradley Beal. And so, yeah, Michael Winger and company did not want Beal. But the reason behind the not wanting is the need to rebuild. Uh, You know, it's crazy right now in Washington, D.C. sports. Wizards rebuilding. Nationals rebuilding. Capitals retooling. But if that doesn't work, they'll be rebuilding. And the Commanders, uh, if their 2023 season does not go well, the Josh Harris group uh, likely will blow up football operations and the Commanders will be rebuilding too. We have the potential for all four of the big four in major pro sports in Washington, D.C. to be rebuilding at the same time. Wizards, Nationals, Capitals, and Commanders. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, well, I have received a lot of feedback on me not doing shows for Monday through Wednesday of this week, due to having lost my voice, uh, which is coming back. It's not all the way back, but is coming back. It is, dare I say, close. It means you're close. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you, Bruce Allen. The voice is close. Uh, tweet from Edge. Glad you're better, my guy. Uh, thank you for that, Edge. Uh, tweet from Perry Jackman, who ranked the top three concerns of the week. Uh, number three, the Canadian smoke. Number two, the Russian mercenaries, and number one, Al Galdi missing in action. (laughs) Thank you uh, for that, Perry. I'm not sure if Vladimir Putin would agree with that list, although maybe he would. Who knows? Uh, Email from Michael King writes, Mike, you sounded well. Hope you are feeling well. Uh, Thank you, Mike. I am feeling well. Email from Brennan writes, Brennan, as I do every weekday morning after breakfast, I hopped into my Jeep and headed off to the gym. On my way to the Church of Iron, I always put on your podcast as the pre-workout makes its way through my body. I almost had a panic attack on Monday when there was no new pod from my man Al. I was relieved and stoked on Thursday morning after seeing you had posted a Thursday edition. I'm so glad you're back. My workouts are much better with your voice in my ears. Uh, Jeez, thank you for that, Brennan. You know, studies have been done, and those studies have shown that listening to this podcast while working out has the exact same effect as taking anabolic steroids. In fact, this podcast may soon be deemed a banned substance. Uh, We'll see. I'm fighting against that. Uh, I also received a good bit of feedback to our conversation on Thursday's show, episode 602, about whether Rod Rivera in the 2021 offseason should have kept vice president of player personnel Kyle Smith and promoted him to general manager. Uh, NFL insider Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports on Monday morning broke the news that the Atlanta Falcons are promoting Kyle Smith from vice president of player personnel to assistant general manager. A tweet from at DMV underscore CE. Yes, Washington would be in a better spot today if Ron had hired Kyle Smith as GM. Instead, Ron chose comfort and familiarity. Uh, Thank you. 
for the tweet. Well, Ron certainly chose comfort and familiarity in hiring Marty Herney as executive vice president of football slash player personnel. But Ron, in hiring Martin Mayhew as general manager, hired someone with whom Ron had not previously worked. Ron actually had more of a history with Kyle Smith and that Kyle's dad, A.J. Smith, as the general manager of the San Diego Chargers, uh, was the GM during Ron's time with the Chargers. Uh, Ron served as Chargers linebackers coach and then Chargers defensive coordinator. A tweet from Kicksmiths 2009, Washington would be better off ditching Ron (laughs) ASAP. (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, Tweet from Alex Zeese. He says of Kyle Smith, That's the one who really got away. Look at his first two drafts with the Falcons. Three good offensive weapons in receiver Drake London, tight end Kyle Pitts, and running back Tyler Algier. Some good contributing players. I think that Desmond Ritter will end up being a solid starter if given time. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Alex. You know, that will be an interesting compare and contrast. Which second-year quarterback said to be his team's QB1, will have the better 2023 season. Falcons' Desmond Ritter or the Commanders' Sam Howell. Uh, And speaking of Sam, tweet from Tim Meek. It's an interesting scenario. Atlanta hasn't been any better than Washington with personnel moves. Uncertainty and a revolving door at quarterback. Kyle gets promoted and Mayhew is on the hot seat. The NFL is wild. Everything hinges on Howell. If he hits, they've done a remarkable job here. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Tim. Yeah, you know, if Sam Howell does hit, then Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and Marty Herney making that trade, turning the number 11 overall pick in the 2022 draft and a 2022 six-round pick into receiver Jahan Dotson, running back Brian Robinson Jr., quarterback Sam Howell, and tight end Cole Turner looks like a truly great trade. Well, already truly great is the law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have been harmed by the negligence of someone else, if someone who you know has been harmed by the negligence of someone else, always know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you and will fight for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Uh, Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. And by the way, congratulations to Chris Nace, who was recently named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year. Uh, this by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Uh, Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work. Uh, You could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think 
that you've been wrong, but are unsure, call Paulson and Nason. Schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You could also visit paulsonandace.com. That's paulsonandace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, the extent to which the Commanders franchise has had quarterback instability for years now cannot be overstated, and the instability really has ramped up over these last five years. Uh, The team has started at least three different quarterbacks in each of the last five regular seasons. The team has had a different week one starting quarterback in each of those five seasons, and the team, not so coincidentally, has finished 21st or worse in the NFL in total offense per Football Outsiders DVOA metric for each of these five regular seasons. How great would it be if the man being positioned to be the commander's QB1 for this coming season, Sam Howell, played well and ultimately put an end to the quarterback instability, put a dagger through the heart of the quarterback instability. Uh, It is great to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, a man who gave the Skins great quarterback stability for years, Skins all-time great Joe Theismann. Uh, He is the franchise's all-time leader in regular season passing yards, completions, and pass attempts. He is a Super Bowl 17 champion. He is a two-time NFC champion. He was the Associated Press NFL MVP for the 1983 regular season. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm good, Al. It's always good to catch up with you. Um, You know, this is sort of the quote-unquote slow time of year with sports. Only thing that's really going on is baseball, and uh, we know the Nats are, you know, continuing to retool and reload. So uh, it's it's we're getting close to training camp, I guess you could say. Yes, we are, uh, and it's also a time in which to play golf, and uh, I know that you know that very well. Yeah, as a matter of fact, got a big event coming up July fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. It's the American Century Championship Golf at. Um, out in uh, Lake Tahoe. As a matter of fact, there's a new feature for people that are in- interested in fantasy golf. If you go to the website www.fantasygolf.com, it'll tell you all about the uh, American Century Fantasy Golf uh, competition going on. The winner of the entire event over three days gets $10,000 donated to the charity of their choice, and you can change teams. Each day, what happens is everybody out there, all 80 of us, have been broken down into five groups. You choose one person from each group. If you win each of the days, you get a trip for two out to Lake Tahoe next year. Uh, and if you win it all, you get 10000 to the charity, like I said, and a trip for two next year out to Lake Tahoe. And it's, uh, you know, John Smoltz will be there, Tony Romo, Charles Barkley, Larry the Cable Guy, um, Annika Sorenstam. I mean, it's. You know, I'll be playing in it again this year for the 32nd time, trying to do something. (laughs) Um, You know, golf is one of those things you can never perfect and you're always working on it. Well, given that $10,000 prize, will you say a modified version of what you famously said in the huddle prior to Super Bowl 17, forever immortalized by NFL films, it's worth $70,000 and a big ring? (laughs) 
actually it was 72,000 then, um, which today is probably, well, today it's like 300. The numbers are, I ask people all the time, I said, I'll bet you, you can't tell me what the winning share of the Super Bowl is without (laughs) looking it up. And no one can, because you know, what's important about it, Al is winning the championship. It's not, that is not something that has a monetary value attached to it. It's all about the ability to be able to, you know, be a part of the best. No question. Well, you mentioned training camp. Uh, That is coming. It'll start on July 27th. Uh, We on Wednesday learned that uh, Commander's rookies will report for camp on July 21st and veterans will report for camp on July 25th. But before all of that is July 20th. Uh, when the sale of the commanders to the Josh Harris group is expected to be finalized. As someone who cares about the team deeply, what's going through your mind uh, in anticipating the sale being final? Well, I, I first of all, I think you know there'll be some finality to everything that's been going on. Uh, I think it's I think it's very difficult, even though you want to focus on football and you're a fan. Uh, a lot of things have been said a lot of things have happened a lot of things that are confusing i think it'll bring some clarity to the organization as far as you know where are we going to go what's going to happen um going forward Uh, you know dan tried very hard to be able to put a a, you know product out there but i mean al since i got hurt in 85 i think there have been 43 different starting quarterbacks (laughs) and unless you have stability at that position it's very difficult to win and we're hoping Sam Howell becomes that guy. And I think Jacoby was a great pickup. And hopefully Sam will be the guy that begins to to get, you know, a full season, another season, another season, and continue to grow uh, as the quarterback of the Washington Commanders. Um, but I think it's sort of a new start for everybody. You played for the most successful owner in the history of the franchise, Jack Ken Cook. Uh, the NFL obviously was very different then as compared to now, but are there lessons for what made Jack Ken Cook such a successful owner that can be applied to today? I think I think, I think you have to look at the owners of today versus those of yesteryear, because you're right, the game has changed tremendously. First of all, when I came in the league, there were 14 games. Then we went to 16. Now we went to 17. Uh, the players don't hit. They don't have much of a trading camp. When I came in the league, we played six preseason games. I went. I went to camp the four, uh, fourth of July. You know, I would be. I would be three weeks away from training camp now. And and the guys only have 17 days of training camp, and you don't wear uniform. You don't wear pads except for a couple days. Uh, so you know that's different from a preparation for the players. I, I think that you know you want to make sure that your front office is the way you want it. I know I know Josh and, and his group will come in and evaluate everybody. You evaluate the players, you evaluate the coaching staff, uh, your general manager, your president of football operations, uh, the you know equipment staff. Everybody's going to get evaluated with new ownership. And I think that there you know you look at some of the models that have had success the new england patriots i think are a great model the san francisco 49ers are a model and you know what do they do you know we're basically in a copycat league uh people copy plays but also you want to be able to get the right people in the right place to get the job done the way you feel is best for success and as well as the fans as you know the issue of the name continues to come up if josh harris called you up and asked you whether the team should keep commanders or rebrand again, what would you say? I, I don't think you want to rebrand again. I know, you know, the commanders, um, 
I, 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 anal- I analyze it this way. I think of the San Francisco 49ers. And, and listen, we would have loved to have kept it the Redskins, but we know that that's just not going to happen. And I don't think you can bring that back because of the reason it was changed. It was social pressures that caused the change, basically. So now you have to move forward. Uh, the name Commanders, to me, like I said, I was talking about San Francisco. When you think of the 49ers, you think of the history of San Francisco and that the 49ers coming out there and the gold mining and everything else. When I think of the commanders, when I hear the term commanders, and I associate it with Washington, D.C., this is the seat of command for all our military. So it makes sense to me. And also, Al, if, if you win, you know, people aren't going to care. You've got the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got these different names. You know, you, wanna, you, you get excited about the names, you get excited about the play on the field and the players. And I think, you know, if this football team, and I think it's, you know, other than the, the quarterback position, this football team is very sound in a lot of places. The uncertainty is, you know, with Sam and, and, and the position. Um, I think the Commanders is a name I would keep. I, I would keep it. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the Washington football team, but, you know, like I said, sure, I'd love to have it be what it was, but we know that's not going to happen. So I think the Commanders would be something I would keep. Much more with Joe Theismann in moments. I'm going to next ask him about Sam Howell, who, of course, uh, has been a big topic of conversation at WSH on the Daily on Instagram. Uh, yes, at WSH on the Daily on IG. Uh, on the Daily just started in 2021 and yet has nearly 22,000 followers. And on the Daily is literally daily. Uh, the page is updated every day. News, notes, reports, photos, graphics. Uh, this is a page that properly sources and vets its news and information. Uh, doesn't just post anything that anyone says. Uh, on the Daily on Instagram is a great place at which you can converse with other Commanders fans regarding the team, the draft, free agency, and trades. On the Daily responds to every single DM. Uh, on the Daily is a page at which you can have fun. Uh, lots of creativity with jersey swaps and unique graphics and the contest name that Redskin and free wallpaper Wednesday, which is when On The Daily gives out free wallpaper that you can use on your phone. Uh, and On The Daily always has a great, fresh look. If you are on Instagram, check out at WSH On The Daily. Uh, for smart, informative, fun, and engaging Commander's content, check out at WSH on the daily on Instagram. Uh, more now with Skins all-time great Joe Theismann. Uh, all right, Sam Howell. Uh, yes, head coach Ron Rivera has talked up a quarterback competition between Sam and Jacoby Brissett, but the starting quarterback job clearly is Sam's to lose. Uh, he, as best as we can tell, took every first-team practice rep during OTA and minicamp practices this offseason. What do you make of the approach that Ron Rivera is taking at the quarterback position for this coming season? I like what Ron did, basically saying, hey, look, Sam's the guy. For now, Sam's the guy. Because as a quarterback, uh, preparing as a starter in the offseason, as opposed to just preparing for competition, two different mental states. And I, I think, you know, you find out exactly where he is. And there's a lot to learn about this young man. Because people say, okay, what about Sam Howell? I don't know. We don't know. And the thing is, Al, he's, there's going to be a competition in training camp and you're going to go through training camp. But that's like, not like being in a game. You have one game to evaluate the quarterback. And you can't play him in preseason. 
because you don't want to get them hurt. So we're not going to know much about Sam or everything that we need to know, or most of it, uh, for probably the month of September. You know, we get Arizona, we get Denver, uh, you get into late November, and, you know, you've got a run of teams that are playoff teams. And in this division, you're going to be dealing with the same situation. So to me, uh, I have not had a chance to see it, but from what I understand, um, all of our draft choices have looked good. Uh, they were all chosen. I thought we did a terrific job with the draft, filling needs, getting players uh, in positions where they can play if they have to. If not, it gives us some depth. So I, I think you know, overall, all that went very well. Uh, Sam Howell, of course, has played in just the one NFL regular season game, although he in that game played well. Uh, that 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in Week 18 of last season. Do you put stock in that game or not so much? I think you have to. <laughs> you know, he had the week to prepare as a starter uh, and, and go out and play and perform. I think it was, what, 11 for 21, something like that. Uh, the Cowboys didn't play very well at all. Um, they made some mistakes that enabled the offense to be able to do some things, but there's so many elements of the offense that we didn't get a chance to see. You don't get a chance to see the comeback aspect of it. Uh, you don't see throws under duress. You don't see tr throws trying to pick up third and 14, third and 15. You don't see the offensive line, you know, having to do certain things. Yeah. It's a sample size, but a very, very, very small sample size. That's why when people ask me about Sam, I honestly say, we don't know. I don't know at this point. He passes the eye test. I like the way he moves. I like the way he throws. But then there's so much more to the position than just the physical elements. It's a tricky deal because on the one hand, Sam Howell's a second-year quarterback. He needs to be able to fail in order to grow. Benching him after a few bad games in September October is not the way to truly find out what the team has in Sam. At the same time, given the pressure on Ron Rivera to win this coming season, will he be willing to stick with Sam as a team starting quarterback if Sam gets off to a slow start? I think Ron's focus has always been to win football games. It's always been to win. Um, Sam's certainly going to be given the opportunity to be the guy. And keep in mind, too, Al, it's a new system for him. Jacoby would have a little bit of an advantage in this situation. First of all, he's played a lot of football. He started and did pretty well last year. Um, and he's used to having different systems. So he's used to different terminology. He's used to different reads. Uh, this is a new experience for Sam. This is the mental side of it, where it's one thing to know the system like you know a book. It's another thing to know it like you know it on the field. And that's where Jacoby would have the advantage in regards to this. Um, I, you know, the new system is one, whatever Eric decides to do, I think Logan Thomas should have a great year this year. I mean, you look at the tight end in Kansas City and you think, how's this offense going to play out? Our receivers, I think, are as good as any group in football. So um, I, I think, you know, from Sam's point, I think he has to do what he needs to do. Ron's going to try and win football games. You know, Ron isn't going to say, I'm going to bring this kid along, because if you're bringing a kid along, you're bringing him along for the next coach. That's true. Uh, the offensive line, big problem last season, lots of changes this offseason. Uh, you know a thing or two about playing behind a great offensive line. Has enough been done to improve the commander's offensive line? 
Well, there's there's one word I think that applies to last year uh, and any offensive line is health. If those five guys can play together up front, you can create a cohesive unit. If in the event you get your left guard hurt for three weeks and, and move, you have to move your center to, to guard and then bring in another center. And then to me, the center position is the most um, underrated position in football. The other person besides the quarterback that handles the ball every time is the center. And now when you're dealing with all the shotguns, it's not as easy as bringing the ball up to the guy standing right behind you. Um, there's lots of places, lots of things that you have to do, lots of steps that you have to make as well as get the ball to the quarterback as your primary function. Um, I, I think I think the offensive line can be good, but certainly they're going to have to play together. It's only, again, it's another time element. Um, I, I like the way we start. Uh, you know, I like we have Arizona. I like we have Denver to start with. Um, sort of get everything going and then, then evaluate from there. Last one for you. You mentioned the commander's new assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Uh His coaching style, loud, forceful, uh, massive emphasis on attention to detail. Personally, I think that Bieniemy is just what this offense needed. But can that style of coaching wear thin on players? I'll, I'll, I'll use, again, one word to describe it. Accountability. You know, I, I think of I think of Peyton Manning going to Denver. When Peyton went to Denver, we know what Peyton's work ethic was. He held everybody in that organization accountable. Coaches, management, players on the field. Tom Brady did the same thing when he went down to Tampa Bay, held them accountable. I think what Eric is doing is he's saying, look, you're going to be accountable for getting the job done. This is your job. And you get paid a boatload of money to do your job. And you're not going to be half-brained out here just sort of going through the motions. If you're going to play on this football team, you're going to do it right. If you're going to play on this football team, you're going to work hard. And if you can't, we'll find somebody who can't. And I think that's the approach that he takes. Um, you know, guys aren't as – guys. it'll depend on the type of players you have, how responsive they are to that coaching style. And, and I, I like that style. I like being accountable. You know, it's – it's your job. I mean, it's there's there's a ton of money at stake for for these guys. It's players have to understand that if you get out of the world of football, that pot of gold doesn't exist. You know, you you have you have found the goose with the golden egg. Just don't break the egg. Do everything you need to do to protect the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's well put. It's very well put. Skins all-time great, Joe Theismann. Uh, Joe, great to get your thoughts. Uh, all the best. Thank you, Al. Great catching up with you. Take care. All right. Hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Joe Theismann. Uh, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review can be just a sentence or two. Uh, can be longer, but doesn't have to be. But know that uh, the ratings and the reviews help out the podcast a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, as this month of June 2023 is ending, it's worth noting that the month goes down as one of the most significant months in the history of the Bullet Slash Wizards franchise. I mean, think about everything that happened with the Wizards in June. It was the first full month for Michael Winger as president of Monumental Basketball. Uh, The Wizards on June 8th announced uh, a reshaping of their front office, announced the hirings of Will Dawkins as general manager and Travis Schlenk as senior vice president of player personnel, and announced the promotion of John Thompson III to senior vice president of Monumental Basketball. Uh, The Wizards in June embarked on on a total teardown of their roster uh, in an oh-so-clear start of a rebuild. Uh, and the teardown in June featured a number of moves. So the Wizards on June 23rd officially announced having traded Chris Dapps Porzingis to the Boston Celtics in a three-team trade with the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Wizards on June 24th officially announced having traded Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, we on June 22nd had the 2023 NBA draft in which the Wizards traded up for Bilal Koulibaly, who officially was selected by the Indiana Pacers with the number seven overall pick. Uh, we also on June 22nd had the reports of the government of Qatar uh, via the Qatar Investment Authority, which is Qatar's sovereign wealth fund, buying about 5% of the Wizards' parent company, Monumental Sports and Entertainment. A lot happened with the Wizards in June, and even more could be coming in July. Uh, the free agency negotiation period will officially begin on Friday, June 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, This period also is known as the NBA Free Agency Moratorium, and it'll last until July 6th at 12.01 p.m. Eastern, which is when most free agent signings can become official. Until then, most free agent signings cannot become official. Uh, The Wizards are set to have Kyle Kuzma as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Now, he may well be as good as gone. The hope would be that the Wizards can do a sign and trade, but uh, that does not appear to be super likely. Uh, What's also potentially brewing is a trade or trades involving the Wizards' many guards. As the Wizards are set to have three key guards in Tyus Jones, Monte Morris, and DeLon Wright entering contract seasons. Uh, So much to be thinking about right now if you're a Wizards fan like me, and so it is a pleasure to welcome back 
to the Al Galdi podcast, the legendary former television voice of the Wizards, Steve Buckhans. Uh, he was the TV voice of the Wizards for the 1997-1998 season through the 2018-2019 season. Uh, he also was a major force as the sports director and lead sports anchor for Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. for years. Uh, as many of you know, it was Buck who in March 1993 broke the massive news of Joe Gibbs' first retirement as Redskins head coach, uh, you can follow Buck on Twitter, at Steve Buckhans. Uh, Buck, it is terrific to talk to you, man. How are you? Al, it's great to talk to you. I, I dare say we go back many, many years in this business, and uh, they've all been pretty good ones. So it's been interesting, and I'm, I'm actually just very happy to, to watch you and see the rise that you've had in your career because you've done a fabulous job. You've really, you've really taken it to new heights. So you deserve it, and you're great at what you do. Well, I appreciate that very much. Uh, that means a lot coming from you. So, wow, uh, this very much is a time of change uh, for our Wizards. Uh, what do you make of everything going on? Well, I think at this point, Al, you know, it, it was, I'm not going to say it was time to blow it up, but, you know, you've been hearing people say it for years and years because they've been a squad of mediocrity. Uh, and that's not to say that there aren't a lot of teams that are like that. Not everybody gets to the NBA Finals, which is certainly your hope and your, your sometimes expectation. But they haven't been able to do it on a regular basis. They haven't been consistent like, say, the Capitals have or even in their day, the Commanders, uh, or even the year the Nationals won the World Series. And uh, they just haven't been able to do it on a consistent basis. They've had some good players. They've had some really good players, great players. And they've been to the playoffs, but they can't get that, that next step. So I think it was time, finally, for Ted Leonsis to, to, to listen to what everybody was saying and look at this situation and say, okay, as much as I hate to give away some of our great players, this is the way we're going to do it. And they started by bringing in a new regime, as you know, president and general manager. And then those guys were like, okay, this is the only way it's going to get done. we got to deal these great players and bring in some new ones and get some draft picks and get some free agents and pretty much start all over. And that's that's at the point where they're at now. And that's following, you know, the years of the big three with Butler and Jamison and Gilbert. And then you had Wall and Beal. And then you had Beal and Kuzma and Porzingis. And they're at the point now where they're just saying, all right, we're, we're going in another direction. It may take a couple of years, but this is where we're going. And that's where we're at right now with our Wizards. The path that the Wizards are going down, this path of a rebuild, this path of tanking, is this the appropriate path? Is this what the Wizards should be doing? Good question. I, I'm not sure I know the answer. I know that when they tried to build around Wall and Beal, that was, you know, and, and, and that's legitimate. You got two pretty much superstars, great players, and they were unable to get the pieces to fit those guys. And then you had these three last year who were very, very good, uh, but that didn't get it done either. So I think at some point you, you have to, to make a move like this, and we don't know if the players that they got, and look, they got some good players. Poole is, you know, he didn't live up to expectations last year, but he uh, he's a good player and he could be great. The draft pick they got from France is, has high expectations. People think he can be great. They're building young, but here's the thing, Al. 
you have to, and, and I, I, I speak regularly with Ernie Grunfeld. We've become really good friends. And whether you agree and, and like the moves he made when he was the, the president of the team, he knows basketball. And one of the things he was saying to me was, it's very hard to, to get a really good player, okay? Bradley Beal is a really good player. Porzingis is a really good player. I think Kuzma's a good player. And he was just saying that, you know, you can trade away guys and you can bring guys in, but at some point you got to have good, really good players, and it's very difficult to get them. I mean, in Philadelphia, look at, you know, the process. And they had Joel Embiid, one of the best centers in the league. So I, I hated to see that they gave up Beal, although it was time to make the move, but he's a really good player. Porzingis, too. I don't know what will happen with Kuzma, but um, – that's that's the only thing I look at, Al. You got a lot of these young guys in there. You got some good players, but not really good players, not great players. Those are the guys that are tough to get, and you got to have them at some point. So hopefully they can they can do that. Maybe they got to have a plan to get a really good player, but you know you got to you got to get that at some point. It really stands out that the owner of the Wizards, Ted Leonsis, of having been so anti-rebuilding and so anti-blowing everything up for years, uh, now has greenlit this new Wizards front office regime to, from the get-go, ignite a rebuild and blow everything up. Uh, Ernie Grunfeld ran Wizards basketball operations for about 16 years. Tommy Shepard ran Wizards basketball operations for about four years. Did Ernie and or Tommy ever want to do what's being done right now, but just we're not allowed to do what's being done right now. I'm sure it crossed their minds, you know, when they were planning strategically. But but knowing Ernie and Tommy the way I do and, and watching the moves they made, I really believe that initially, like I said before, when they had the big three of Karan and Antoine and Gilbert, and, and that team wasn't, you know, there were some injuries there, and that, and that team wasn't far away from, getting to where they needed to go and then wall and beal and you know you had the one year where they got they were one win away from going to the eastern conference finals um so i think that they really felt like they they needed to that those were the guys and i think ted really felt this way too those were the guys they needed to build the team around they had two legitimate stars in wall and beal and they just needed to get the other pieces in place and they had some decent players, and Gortat was a pretty good big man, and they had some other good players, but couldn't get it done. So I believe, Al, that, that they really wanted to build around those guys, and they thought that those were the, the, were the really good players that I mentioned that could get this job done. I don't think they were ever looking to just blow the team up. Maybe cross their mind, but I think they felt like they had a couple of excellent players that they could build the squad around, and it just didn't manifest itself. Two of the most sobering facts in all of Washington, D.C. area sports are that the Bullets slash Wizards have not advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs since 1979, and that the team has not had a 50-win regular season since the 1978-1979 season. Uh, why are these things the case? Why has this team had such a hard time over the last 40-plus years having even modest success by NBA standards. Man, listening to you put it that way, it makes me chuckle because it just, it is mind-boggling because there are other teams that manage to do it on a consistent basis. But then, you know, you hit a wall like San Antonio. I mean, they were they were so great for so many years. Of course, they had two of the greatest big men ever. 
Um, but then soberingly, as you said, even a great coach like Popovich gets in a situation where he just doesn't have the players, the great players that he needs to advance like that. And, and then they miss the playoffs, which is mind boggling too. But I, that is incredible when you think about it, uh, because there are other teams that manage to somehow pull it off and, and be great. And I don't know what it is. Al. I don't know if it's because, and I look at a situation like the Clippers. Okay. They were the, I dare say it, they were the wizards of the West. I mean, they, for, for years they were so bad. And then things happened and they managed to get good players and they got to be fairly legitimate. Haven't gotten past where they needed to go, but they got to be, you know, legitimate to the point where people took them seriously. Um, I'm not sure anybody has taken our team seriously in a long time. And I don't know if that equates to free agents or people that could be traded not wanting to come here. I don't know if that's the way it is. I'd like to think that that's changed over the past few years because there, we have gotten some good players here. But I don't know what the reason for that is, Al, but that to me that stands out as one of the possibilities. You know, you always hear about uh, certain teams that nobody wants to go to. Uh, I, I look at Milwaukee. Now, they happen to get one of the best big men ever, and, and they became a legitimate you know, uh, conversation. Uh, but I don't know if that's where we're at. Uh, I hope that's not true because it's a good organization. It's a good, uh, uh, arena. Um, you know, I think our fans are good when we win, you know, it's like any other sport, you know, the, the nationals, when they were winning the year they had the world series, everybody came out. The commanders is a different story. People have always gone to see them. They always will go to see them. Now, yes, in the last two and a half decades, they've, not gone to see them because of the owner. That'll all change. So I don't know, Al. I just think that may be one of the reasons. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the Wizards fan base absolutely has been beaten down. I mean, I don't think that it's coincidence that the Wizards for this past regular season were dead last in the NBA in percent capacity for home games. And then Ted Leonsis fired president and general manager Tommy Shepard and now is open to rebuilding. Like, I don't see all of that as a coincidence. Uh, much more with Steve Buckhans in moments. I'm going to next ask him about how we, as Wizards fans, should remember Bradley Beal. Well, Michael Winger, Will Dawkins, and Travis Schlank are trying to clean up the mess that is our Wizards, uh, a mess not unlike what is happening with home and auto insurance right now. The home and auto insurance markets are messes right now. We are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Uh, you right now have every reason to shop your home and auto insurance, and that's why you should get with BMC insurance. Uh, check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com and you'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, uh, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. Uh, BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. Uh, BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor 
for your insurance needs. Uh, BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. Uh, BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. Uh, When people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Do not get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now uh, on the Wizards with the legendary former television voice of the Wizards, Steve Buckhans. There has been so much out there, both good and bad, about Bradley Beal's 11 seasons with the Wizards. What to you is the right way for Wizards fans to look back upon Beal's time with the team? I guess I have to try to separate myself from a broadcaster of the team to a fan uh, in a certain way, but because I, I always look at these guys, Al, not just as players. I look at them as people uh, because that's how we got to know so many of these guys as what they were like off the court. And I, I like him a lot. I think he's he's great. I think he's terrific in the community. He's loyal. Now, look, you're going to get detractors that say, well, yeah, $251 million to make you loyal. Um, but he, he – and I know he got hurt a lot and this and that. As a player on the court, Listen, I watch the guy, and I just think he's incredible. I mean, he, you can't he, – sometimes he is absolutely unguardable. And when he got to develop that little step-back move, you couldn't stop it. And he gets to the rim. Um, I, I, I think he's an, a really, really good player that just with his team couldn't get it done here. Um, I, I, I kind of scoff at some of the uh, detractors that, that, that give him a little grief as he leaves here. I just think he was a he was a good player. He didn't get in any trouble. He didn't have you know these crazy entourages and do stupid things. I think his mom brought him up really really well. Not only that, taught him how to shoot. But uh, I just I liked the guy, and I think he was good for this town. And I'm a little bit sorry to see him leave. I was hoping that they'd be able to get it done with him because he was here for what eleven years, and you know we were there when he got drafted, the third pick in the draft out of Florida, and. He developed into a great, great player. So I don't, I don't have the negative uh, uh, view of him as so many people, I guess, do as he leaves here. I like the guy. I'm sorry that he couldn't get it done here, but as a, as a player, he was great, and as a person, I think he's a really good dude. I really, I, I kind of admire him. You know the Wizards well. You also know the television business well, and so I want to get your take on what's happening with NBC Sports Washington. Uh, it now is fully owned by the Wizards' parent company, Ted Leonsis's Monumental Sports and Entertainment, and starting this September will be rebranded as the Monumental Sports Network. Uh, The regional sports network that televises a team's games being owned by that team. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that just a reality of the modern media landscape? And what does something like this mean for a broadcaster for the team in terms of objectivity and honesty? 
Well, a couple of things, Al. First of all, every owner would like to own the network that the team is on. I mean, that that really is the goal. That's where the ma- big money is to be made. Uh, you look at the Yes Network, and you look at the Yankees, and some of these other teams that own these networks. I mean, that's that's the goal. That has been the goal for years for, of Ted when he bought first a portion of NBC Sports Washington and then the whole deal. Um, now, as a broadcaster, you have to tread lightly, okay? Um, because you are always at the whim of the team's owner. And listen, I've said this for since day one. Um, uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but if if um, if the owners wanted me and Phil to still be there, we would have been still been there. Uh, you saw what happened in Baltimore. Um, uh, the the best baseball announcer there is was let go of the team or not rehired because the owner didn't think that he was being enough of a homer. And I'm talking about John Miller, uh, who loved it in Baltimore, but he, you know, he rubbed the guy the wrong way, rubbed Angelos the wrong way. Same thing with Mel Proctor, uh, a great announcer, one of the best ever. Uh, so, you know, listen, when you, even before the owner owns the team, if you're working for a network and not an owner, as we were, you know, we worked for NBC Sports Washington. We didn't work for the team. You got you know, you can't piss these guys off. You got to be a bit of a shill for the team, and that's where I found it difficult for me because having been a Bullets fan since I was a kid, and since my folks used to take me to Baltimore Civic Center to see the Bullets when I was, you know, ten, twelve years old, uh, you you. You know, listen, I was I was told a few times, don't say this or don't say that when A. Poland owned the team and, I, and Abe loved me and I loved him. But they still, you know, watch and listen very carefully to what you say. Same thing with Ernie. You could say 99 positive things about the team, Al. But the 100th time, the one thing you say that may be perceived as negative, you'll hear about it. So as a as a broadcaster and the situation that Chris Miller's in now with Drew Gooden or Glenn Consor or whomever, you have to do, and, and even in other sports, Bob Carpenter with the Nationals, you have to try to, as best you can, paint a positive picture. And that's where I struggled because I got so infuriated when the team played badly that there would be times when they would be so bad that I would just stop talking for 45 seconds or a minute. I got so infuriated. And I felt like this is how the fans felt at home, so I was okay with that. But I don't think ownership was okay with it. They never liked to hear that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. When you listen to a baseball game, and Bob Carpenter's really good at this, uh, and, and Chris and these guys are really good at it too. I don't know if I was as good at this. Um, that you have to try to in somehow paint a positive picture. That doesn't mean you can't be, um, I I hesitate to use the word critical. You have to be careful about being critical. We often use the word when a team is not playing well that it's a really challenging situation for them. You can't say that they're bad. You can't say that they stink. You can't say that they're embarrassing because I said that once and I heard about it. Um, You have to in some way paint a positive picture, but you can hear the infuriation in their voice often. Uh, so you have to be careful because if there's enough negative stuff that's said as a broadcaster, uh, you'll either hear about it or you may end up losing your job. <clears throat> as a friend of mine, <laughs> well, I can't say it really on the air, but uh, used to say to me, you, you can't piss them off, you got to blank them off. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 that's, 
uh, and, and he's a very successful broadcaster who used to work with us. So that's the thing, Al. It, it, it's a very fine line that you walk, and you have to be careful when a team is not good. You have to be careful that you can't be too critical of them. The way I looked at it, Al, was this. Um, and people used to say, well, he's a homer or whatever. Certainly the hometown broadcasters are going to root for the home team. That's what we do. But the key is, and this is critical, the key is you've got to stay objective about the whole thing. If you can be objective, then you won't lose the cred your credibility. You won't have people thinking, well, he's just a homer. Uh, if you can see both sides of the situation. So that's, to me, in a long, very long answer to your question, I, I just think that uh, it's very difficult. It's a challenge to be a broadcaster for a home team, but you have to be able to, to spin a positive light on it 99% of the time or you may not have a job. Wow. Uh, tremendous insight right there. Uh, final question. The issue of team names. Uh, of course, a popular topic in the Washington, D.C. area in recent years with uh, what has happened with the name Redskins. Uh, I personally would love for the Wizards to go back to being the Bullets. I think that a lot of people feel that way. Do you think that that'll ever happen? And would you like to see the Wizards go back to being the Bullets? Well, from a from a selfish standpoint, obviously, I you know grew up with the bullets, and I'd, I'd, I think it would be great if it happened. To answer your question, no, I don't think it will ever happen. I think the more pertinent question is, you know, will the commanders change their name? Because that's a different situation. That's a new ownership, and certainly that ownership has to be aware of the feelings of people. I know that you're the same way I am, Al. When you walk around and people come up to you, and the first thing they say is, are they going to change the name? That's the first thing anybody says. They don't say, how do you think Sam Howell's going to do? They don't say, do you think our defensive line is one of the best in football? They don't say, do you think we're going to finally win? They don't say, are we getting a new stadium? They say, are they going to change the name? And while that may or may not be important to Josh Harris and, and Mitch Rails and those guys, um, I, I don't think it's the, you know, the top of their list of priorities. They may consider it. I think they'd be foolish if they didn't at least consider it because they know what the fan base is thinking. But I also think that, you know, there's a new generation here. And, and I said this before, as much as I'd love to see them, well, they're not going to, clearly not going to ever go back to the Redskins, but as much as I'd like to see them with a better name than the commanders, you'll get used to anything we have. I mean, you hear a lot of people say, hey, I like the Washington Football Club better than the Commanders. People were almost getting used to that. So you could call them the lug nuts and they get used to it. At some point, you're going to get used to it. You look at some of the names around the league and how innocuous they are. And, you know, like the Jets, who came up with that name? Is it because the planes used to fly over, you know, that stadium? I mean, is that the reason? But, but they, you know, but that's a, you know, you're used to it now. That's what you call them. So I don't, I don't think they'll ever change. I don't think Ted's ever going to change it back to the Bullets. Uh, I think that, and, and the Wizards, look, I, I'm used to it now, so I, I got used to it. Uh, I think the football team's a different story, and I'm just sad growing up in this town that we live in probably the most historic city in the country, maybe in the world, and we couldn't come up with a better name than the Commanders. There's just too many things here that, that you know, resonate our history with this team and we come up with the commanders that's just weak so i wish they i wish they would change it to something that's a little more um likable by everybody involved so i don't think the bullets will ever come back 
but I got a lot of memories. I'm sitting in my office and I got a, a big plaque up here of Earl Monroe with some signed, I have a wristband that I'm looking at right now that I got in 1967 from Earl Monroe in Baltimore and he signed it and it's on my, uh, on my wall. It's just one of the coolest things I have. That is very cool. Uh, it is remarkable. As bad as the last 40-plus years have been for the Bullets slash Wizards, as you know, there was a time in which the Bullets were great. The Bullets in the 1970s, four NBA Finals appearances and an NBA title over a nine-season stretch, 1970-71 through 1978-79. But uh, that, of course, was a long time ago. Uh, the legendary former Television voice of the Wizards, Steve Buck and Buck. Uh, I know that I speak for a lot of people listening and saying uh, that we miss you calling Wizards games, but uh, very happy that you're doing well. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Al, always great to talk to you. Continued success. You're doing a hell of a job, man. You're great at what you do, and I, I love talking to you. And that will do it. For you and me for now, keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 604. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders and on the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend. The Nationals this weekend have a three-game series at the Philadelphia Phillies. The Orioles this weekend have a three-game series against the American League Central-leading Minnesota Twins at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. It means you're close. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.